Welcome to the No Guilt Mom podcast. I am your host, Joanne Crone, joined here by my so happy I am back from vacation, Free Tucker. Woohoo! Hello! Hello, everybody! How are you? We're both happy we're back from vacation. Although vacation's lovely. Vacation is lovely, and it was much needed. Yeah, I loved it. I went to, it was funny, we both went to the beach, Mm -hmm. different beaches, but we both went to the beach. Yeah. But it was weird when you spend so much time with somebody, especially when you were already my go-to person to tell about things. I'm used to normally telling you stuff, but now if I reach out to you, it's like, oh, I don't want her to think I'm trying to make her work on vacation. No, I would never think that. Oh, I I know. I I, I see the work the work ones versus the non-work ones like we did have some work ones and I'm like ah! I know I know I sat Those there and tried so hard not to send the I'm like I can't figure out a way around this I so, know anyway. it's hard yeah and I went to I went to the San Diego beach and that was lovely oh I know it was so beautiful I loved it, your pictures it was really cold actually like and it's funny because I think Arizonans do get made fun of for this because at San Diego we had a high every day of 70 degrees oh like, that's freezing here that's I know. jacket weather we were right we had the best location we got an airbnb and it was like you walked one direction and it was a block and a half to the beach and you walked another direction it was half a block to the bay because you know that little mission island oh i like that it was just great but 70 degrees we had to buy the kids sweatshirts because like they were freezing yep i was freezing i actually gave up my sweatshirt when we went to dinner one night and i was here going (gasps) (laughs) (laughs) my teeth were chattering my stomach was like quivering i couldn't handle it and it was 70 degrees that cracks me (laughs) up so my family we went a little bit further south we went to rocky point in Mm -hmm. mexico and my kids are used to the california beach so they loved the fact that the water was warmer but the water is definitely different. Like they didn't have the same waves they had mm-hmm. in California. So they kind of were a little bummed out about that. And I had a spring sweatshirts because I grew up submarine on the East Coast. So I was totally used to like, okay, it's chilly at night. It was not chilly. Like if yeah. anything, we were like, the only time we were chilly was when we were in our room because we couldn't figure out how to get the AC. Okay. <laughs> to turn off so my answer was i'll just open the sliding door and listen to the ocean and let the breeze come in but See, that's a good one yeah but then it just turned the ac up higher because the ac's trying to keep oh. it and my poor kids froze they were under like three blankets <laughs> it's hard it's so hard because i question whether to tell my kids to pack certain things because they are responsible for packing their suitcases right i really don't have any involvement in it and they're almost eight and twelve your kids are like 13. Oh, and, yeah. Well, yeah. almost 13. Yes. And, oh, my goodness. Yeah. In, in a week and a half, I have a 13 and a 14-year-old. It's yeah. it's crazy. But we don't pack. And then, like, they get there. And when they're cold, like, I do have that little bit of mom guilt. I'm like, oh, my gosh. I didn't help them pack. And they don't have a sweatshirt. Whereas I brought a sweatshirt. But they don't have sweatshirts. And yeah. so it's constantly kind of a struggle back and forth as to how much do you do for your kids and how much do you let them suffer? Oh, that is totally true. Mm-hmm. It is totally a thing. Like, it's rough. I think for me, I told them the sweatshirt thing, but I left it to them. I was like, yeah. okay, I wrote out a list of things that I'm using for a checklist to pack. Do you want to look at it? And my son was like, yes. And my daughter said no. And I'm like, okay. And then sure enough, we got down there. My daughter forgot a couple of things. And my son didn't forget a few things. He had it all. We did end up losing a charger at some point. I'm not sure where that went. 
But he definitely wouldn't if I didn't let him look at my checklist. But I tried to stay out of it as much as possible. It was also my first trip with them to the beach. Mm -hmm. It's funny because in our balance membership, I remember we were having this discussion Mm -hmm. because one of the moms was really, really upset about their upcoming trip and just so much stuff to do. And when we suggested having the kids pack themselves, we were met with like this really big pushback. And I know like if you're listening right now, you might have this pushback too where, oh my gosh, no, they'll die. If they have to pack because this is like freezing temperatures and they'll forget something and or like you're saying like it'll be awful and I'll have to listen to them whine and complain the whole time. Yeah. Which I get. And trust me, nothing is more irritating than that. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, if we're always doing it for them, they don't learn that skill. Yeah. Well, we usually we go and we buy like one souvenir at like the places we go to for the kids. Uh And so uh, we had one day. Yeah, we had one day of cold. And then their souvenir was a sweatshirt. Yeah, there you (laughs) go. And you can't beat them. Actually, they're pretty cute. I do like the sweatshirts. They are. They're very, they got really good lucky with those sweatshirts. (laughs) But today we are talking listener questions. And if you want to submit a listener question to us, you can go to noguiltmom.com backslash questions. We will have that link in the show notes but this one came through and it is about when to have the sex talk with kids so if you're wondering that as well we're talking about it this episode i've been looking for simple ways to form healthy habits and get the nutrients my body needs even on busy mornings and oh my gosh has it been busy lately and that's why i decided to give ag1 a try Not only does AG1 deliver my daily dose of vitamins, minerals, pre and probiotics, and more, but it's a powerful, healthy habit that's also powerfully simple. It's just one scoop mixed in water once a day, every day, and it makes me feel energized. Even like I still add the coffee on there because I like it a lot. AG1 tastes really good too and i enjoy my glass every single morning ag1 is a supplement i trust to provide the support my body needs daily and that's why i'm excited to welcome them as a new partner if you want to take ownership of your health it starts with ag1 Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com forward slash NGM. That's drinkag1.com forward slash NGM. Check it out. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of TILT is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the TILT Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone, and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy.
Hey, we are getting back to the start of school again. And this year is like no other because we're all coming off of virtual learning. Kids are readjusting to the classroom, but it is okay. We are here for you. We are bringing back Homework Simplified. It is our week-long event. Bree and I go live three days a week in Facebook where we hang out with you. We answer your most pressing homework and school concerns, and we just have a lot of fun. We have a lot of prizes, a lot of giveaways. So to go sign up for that, you can go check out noguiltmom.com backslash homework, enter your email address, and we'll give you all the information. It's totally free. It's totally fun. We'll see you there. Now, on with the show. You want mom life to be easier. That's our goal too. Our mission is to raise more self-sufficient and independent kids, and we're going to have fun doing it. We're going to help you delegate and step back. Each episode, we'll tackle strategies for positive discipline, making our kids more responsible and making our lives better in the process. Welcome to the No Guilt Mom Podcast. So we have our, what what number are we on? This is our very second Listener questions episode. Yes. It's also, though, episode 95, <gasps> which means all of No Get Mom. Oh, we are so close to number 100. I know, I know. It's so funny. Okay, so I have to tell everybody, like, well, never mind. I'll, I'll save the backstory on the 100th episode for the 100th episode. The 100, yeah. How, how when you brought it up, and I was like, whoa, 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 whoa you're whoa. messing with the formula. I was totally messing with Bree's <laughs> schedule. I'm like, aren't we doing anything? She's like, no, I just had an interview scheduled. I'm like, what? <laughs> But that's coming up. We actually have something very, very special scheduled. Well, Um, it's kind of similar to this. It's kind of similar. So first of all, our listener question episodes, if you guys haven't heard this one before, we actually, this is our second listener question episodes, and we're going to be doing this every month. Mm -hmm. Every month, we'll have one episode where Joanne and I pick a question submitted by one of our listeners, and we answer it directly to you here on air. It's awesome. It's amazing. Our 100th episode, we're going to be live. We're going to be live and you can totally attend. We have a link in the show notes where you can sign up for that live 100th episode where we'll basically be on Zoom with you. We could see your faces. You could see our faces and it'll be listener questions and it's just going to be a big party. We're going to have giveaways and you should totally go sign up. (laughs) Okay, so today's listener question comes from Liz. And her question is, when do you have the sex talk with kids? My son is six years old and must have learned this on YouTube. And basically, he knows about C-sections. I told him he was born the old-fashioned way, vaginally. I was seriously dodging the question. When do you have the birds and bees talk? This is a tricky one. It is a tricky one. And Brie and I were talking about this, and we're not exactly experts in it. We do have an expert coming on the No Guilt Mom podcast, but we thought it would be beneficial if you knew how we handled it in our houses. Yes. So so again, by no means are we experts on this topic. And if you would like to hear an expert, we have Brittany McBride, and she is going to be featured on our July 29th episode, Mm -hmm. which is actually, I think, episode number 98, I think. Yeah. Yeah, hopefully my number is right. <laughs> and uh, she is an expert on this topic. And we're going to have some real diving in deep because I'll admit this topic makes me squirmy. You know, yeah, every time I we know, brought it up, I'd I be know. like, Ew. and it does not make me squirmy. But I have a backstory too why it doesn't make me squirmy. Yeah, so, so tell us how you got that backbone on this because it's just, I don't know if it's I, my Southern Baptist upbringing that made me nervous about this, but ugh. I was a fifth grade teacher and we had to teach human growth and development every year. And, you know, with the girls, it it was easy because they're like, I'm a girl. But then like 
we all had female teachers. So we, one of us had to take the boys. <laughs> Nobody wanted that job. Huh? Oh my gosh. Can you imagine guys like 10 year old boys, 30? No, it was more than 30 because we put all of them in one room. It was like 55, 10 year old boys <laughs> getting the human growth and development talk. And uh, here in Arizona, it is an abstinence state. So you don't actually teach anything um, okay. of consequence but you do teach anatomy and so it was basically me reading from this binder you have to read it verbatim as a teacher because they don't want lawsuits you have to read it verbatim and you're basically trying to deliver it straight faced because you can't you can't show any fear man no you can't show (laughs) any fear whatsoever and the boys like if one starts laughing they all go oh yeah i'm sure so i had you at the beginning of every lesson i'm like okay Now, you're going to want to laugh, but you can't laugh. You need to bite your cheek (laughs) to laugh because that could get out of hand so fast. (laughs) When you have 55, 10-year-old boys in one classroom, I mean, real fast. That could get out of hand real fast. So you have to... (laughs) You have to like do a little proactive measures there, but it wasn't bad. And I mean, they all submitted questions. They had to write them on a card and submit them like in a jar. And then I was only allowed to answer the questions that were mentioned in the lesson. And we always found out ways a little bit around things to get the kids some information that they desperately needed. Really? Like like any any juicy bits you remember? This sounds very interesting to me. I can't like, it was eight years ago. Yeah. Um, but it was one of those like, oh, hey, like how, how does this work? And yeah, I don't even remember. Okay. I can't even think of an I'm going to throw this out. I was just having this conversation with a friend over the weekend. Mm-hmm. I, at this age... Fifth grade yeah. is when I would start to hear the my balls hurt conversation. Uh, <laughs> and as a woman, I'm like, oh, go talk to your dad. <laughs> yeah, I didn't get those. <laughs> I don't know, but I didn't yeah. get those. But yeah. Oh, wow. Okay, I've never, well, I may have gotten a little TMI there. I've never been afraid of the sex conversations. And I look at it as like a very like, it's an informational thing and it's completely natural and it's completely normal and I never wanted it to be shameful ever Mm -hmm. because I think that's how a lot of us were raised I mean you say your Southern Baptist upbringing oh yeah 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 you didn't talk about sex yeah sex didn't really happen there was and if you were going to have sex you were marrying your true love and then you were married and then you had sex and there was absolutely no gray area there yeah none whatsoever so I will admit that I do not recall ever having a conversation about sex with my parents not one I really love you guys but no don't remember that conversation I really didn't I had one that I like pushed off and off and off and off and they just wanted to make sure I understood the mechanics of things and once they knew that they're like you're good and then the rest I learned from tv magazines and books (laughs) isn't that where most kids get them like seriously And and there was some stuff like I think I actually we had a class in college and everybody wanted to take this class. It was called the Human Sexual Behavior. It was a psychology class. Hmm. And that class was full every semester. <laughs> but it was so interesting and it really gave you the psychology behind sex, the shame behind sex, as well as like some of the proclivities about it. And so like through that as well. Yeah. Once you have the language to talk about it, it becomes less shameful. You know. Oh, hey, everybody. It's us, Blair and Molly, your old pals from Toddler Purgatory, two moms who are also actors, who are also creative beings, who sometimes feel stuck. And now we're back with a whole new podcast about unsticking it, launching in January. What happens when life gets in the way of our creativity instead of nourishing it? We talk to all sorts of guests about how to break through the mucky, gluey, sticky, 
wall that can get between you and your creativity. We hear about their journeys, their successes, their challenges, and even their bougie coffee shop orders. So join us, won't you, as we deep dive into how to unstick ourselves from the life gunk that can get in the way of our creative freedom. Get out of there, life gunk. Let us help you get back to your best creative self. Look for Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. Wherever you listen to podcasts starting in January. Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. Because sometimes life sucks. Unsticking It. If you like this show, there's a decent chance you'll also enjoy The Shameless Mom Academy. Hi, I'm Sarah Dean, the founder and host of The Shameless Mom Academy. The Shameless Mom Academy is a podcast for moms that centers moms more than it centers your kids. I'm not going to teach you how to make baby food or how to make your three-year-old or 13-year-old stop having tantrums. Instead, I'm going to bring you back to yourself. For the last 20 years, I've been helping moms through growth and transformation. Inside the Shameless Mom Academy, I help you identify who you are and who you are becoming. Look, motherhood is hard. It brought me to my knees many times and sometimes still does. Returning to who I am and who I am becoming allows me to decide how to show up in all those sticky motherhood moments, but also in all my other relationships and in all the ways I show up in my various communities. So come check out the Shameless Mom Academy wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm willing to bet you'll leave feeling a little inspired and maybe even completely fired up. And you'll probably laugh a few times because I promise we never take ourselves too seriously over here. With 700 episodes to choose from, you're likely going to find something that sparks and speaks to you inside the Shameless Mom Academy. I think it's interesting looking at what you're comfortable with and looking at all the things that impact you. So Mm -hmm. like both of us, our upbringing had an impact on how we handled sex Mm -hmm. and the conversation with our kids. And I would say with me too, like I had a very frank conversation about body parts and things like that when my kids were little, because again, I was early childhood. So what did that involve as when my kids were little? Well, we used different words for body parts versus body functions. And I was really big too on using the anatomy words. So like my son had a penis, my daughter had a vagina, and you didn't go wee wee out of your wee wee, Mm because I felt like that was very confusing. Yeah. But I will admit that like, you know, once the bigger questions started to come in, like, And I would say they probably started in our household around third Mm grade-ish. Then it started with the whole like, what is sex? What is kissing? What does it mean when you like somebody? What does it mean when you like like somebody? You know, moving forward. And that's where I started to get the whole like, just don't. Oh, look at that tree over there. It's so pretty. (laughs) Changing the topic. Because I just didn't feel like I was ready to have the conversation. Yeah. And I will say... Out of that, like one of my kids kind of went off to find things on their own and found some things. And thank goodness we saw a good relationship that when she found some stuff, she came talking about it. I'm like, okay, let's have a conversation about that. But it still makes me nervous, even mm-hmm. though I have had a sex conversation with my kids now. And my son was telling you, he just had his well checked the other day and he was 14. And the doctor was like, point blank ass, like, do you know the mechanics of this? Mm-hmm. And then she looked at me and was like, you know, this is a conversation that has to happen because he was super he's still very like yeah people say I like you he like covers his face oh. but the point being is that you can't get around it right yeah it's gonna come out it's gonna come out and the way I approach it is that if you have one conversation it's putting way too much pressure on that one conversation right and we all it think is. I think that growing up like again watching tv and media yeah. and whatnot it was always about the birds and bees yes. conversation and it's not one conversation no it's like it, I mean our our conversations in our house with my kids started from a very young age when they were just naturally curious 
and they would just ask me questions. And like at six, I would just answer their questions as they asked them and as simply as possible um, mm-hmm. because I didn't want to evade their questions. I, I didn't want any shame attached to their questions. And I always, if I answered it simply, they would come with follow-up questions if they didn't understand what I meant. And then I know that I needed to go in a little bit farther and deeper. But like the other thing that really gets to me is like, I never want my kids to be in the position where another kid knows more about sex than them, because I think that's a way for them to be influenced by those kids. Nor do I want them to be in a situation where another kid has really bad information about it. And they think that that's true. Yeah. And they think (laughs) that that's true. And so like, I always think about that because I remember in middle school, like, oh my gosh, one of my friends had really bad information about it. And she would like, tell me all these things. And I'm like... I don't think that's right. She's like, no, this is right. I'm like, no, I don't think it means what you think it means. I don't think that means. But I mean, my I've had conversations with other friends, too. I remember we were on a boating trip once and uh, one of the other moms in our friend group could not believe the amount that my kids knew because she had not talked to her son about anything like that. Mm -hmm. And she thought he was innocent. I know this kid. He's not. Oh my God. <laughs> like, he's, he's not. Like he, yeah. <laughs> that, that's a bite in the cheek moment where you're like, don't laugh, don't laugh, don't laugh. Don't it's so hard. It's hard because kids, they know more than you think they know. And I think it's just best to be honest and just tell them really like, like the whole going back to the question, mm-hmm. learn what a C-section is and that he was born the old fashioned way vaginally. I mean, telling that process. Yep. The baby comes out of the vagina yep. and sometimes babies can't do that. And I tell my kids all the time, I'm like, you guys were upside down. So they cut a hole in my stomach and oh, yeah, out that way. We Both of my kids were C-section too, because I had an eventful pregnancy. The first one with placenta previa. And then the second one, my pregnancies were just too close together. And so I... My kids know all about that. And I do think that it's important to do exactly what you just said. You answer their questions honestly. So Mm -hmm. if you're not ready for the questions, we will tell you this, that in general, kids start asking once they start getting around other kids. Yeah. So that might be preschool for your kid. That might be kindergarten. I mean, it just, once they start talking, they start talking. And Mm -hmm. we can't say it's going to magically happen at five or six or seven or 10, but It'll start. And so answering the questions does help because it also brings that they know they can come to you yes. for real, truthful answers. Mm-hmm. That's really important because we all know good information, bad information, it doesn't matter. Everyone's going to have questions about sex. Yeah. And they're going to need to have a trusted person that they can go to when they're scared or worried or confused about something. Mm-hmm. And I think as all parents, we would like to have them be able to come to us. Yeah. And they don't want to think that they're making you uncomfortable because kids are very aware of that. Like I knew my parents are probably a little uncomfortable talking Mm -hmm. to me about it. And so I don't know. I think that's just something I learned when I was teaching fifth graders. Like, don't show your fear. (laughs) (laughs) Don't show your fear. Don't show your fear. They can smell it. They can smell your fear. Well, I mean, it's important because like you were saying, like providing it to them and showing them that you can be comfortable having this conversation Mm -hmm. lets them know that they can be comfortable with this. Yeah. That this topic isn't something to be to hide. No, it's not to hide. And it's good to just be informed and know. And that's actually been shown to prevent like, teen pregnancies it's like the more information that kids have the better they do because they're not experimenting to find out for themselves I mean that's such a common misconception right 
I think information is always power and the relationship you have with your kids is always power. So as long as you kind of keep those in the forefront, you'll do fine with the sex talk. Well, (laughs) and it's interesting. Another thing about the sex talk that I have utilized recently, I don't know if there's any fans of This Is Us out there. I'm sure (laughs) there are. Many, many people do. And oh gosh, which character was it where him and his wife, Beth, they do the whole like worst case Randall. scenario? Yeah. Randall. Randall and Beth. Yeah. They do that worst case scenario to each other. Mm-hmm. I started doing that with Miguel whenever I have to talk about something that makes me nervous. And I'll be like, yeah, I'm really nervous about this. He's like, why? I'm like, okay. And I just blurt it all out. Because mm-hmm. I'm afraid that this is going to happen and then this is going to happen and then this is going to happen. And you know where I'm going to end. Huh. And then my kids are going to end up living in a van down, down by, by the, the river. river. The van down by the river. <laughs> and he's like, okay, that's a lot to unpack. Mm -hmm. Let's start backing up. And then we can start addressing each one of those fears. And we can have a conversation about why am I so scared about having this conversation? Why Mm -hmm. I'm so scared about this conversation because I'm afraid that if I talk about this to my kid, it's going to make him feel uncomfortable and he's going to hide his head and then not want to come talk to me anymore. And he's like, well, yeah, okay, but is it better to send him out there without any knowledge? Yeah. No, you're right. It's not. So then like, you know, we talked about it. And depending upon the age of the kids, you know another great idea, I think, too, for this area? Hmm. There is a lot of great books on this. Everything from picture books for early education kiddos all the way up to like anatomy type books. Mm-hmm. That That's a great thing to do too. And I was talking with you about this the other day. Like when I get nervous about something in life, I tend to find a book and I read something on it. I don't yeah. I don't get through the whole book, people. I'm not that good. <laughs> you look but to I see what chapters it. look really good to yes, you and then you I read do. the chapters. <laughs> and I read what I need until I feel like confident in the skill and then I move forward. You know, like out of my two kids, one of my kids is a talker and experiencer. The other one likes books and analytics and all that kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. I was like, hey, when we had to get to the more in-depth conversation, remember, we're talking about a kid that's in junior high. I offered a book. Do you mm-hmm. want to read a book? And then like have like a discussion group about it after? Yeah. <laughs> Granted, he said no on that one. But I know that there are other kids that that has worked really well too. So if it's something that you aren't the most comfortable with or that your child is a little bit shy about, you can still talk about it, answer the questions. But I mean, you can use books as helpful tools too, I think. Yeah, I think books are a really great tool or like your partner too is a really great tool. Yes. Especially if like you're the mom listening and you have a son and you don't feel exactly comfortable talking about that anatomy, like... You offload that to yours to to their dad if you can. I certainly certainly would, and I and I am one hundred percent an advocate too of like we talked about using the words. Although I will tell you a funny story, I did have a child, and it doesn't matter. Okay, I'm gonna back this up with you. Tell your kids whatever words to use for their anatomy, but the actual words are better because trust me, eventually they're gonna get that bad information. Yeah, about what that word actually means, and so mm-hmm. whatever. But I remember teaching, you know, again my daughter vagina, my son penis, and sure enough middle of the grocery store, checkout line, nice, sweet old lady says hi to my kid. And she tells her she has a beautiful vagina and asks if she wants to see it. (laughs) So like, no matter, it doesn't matter what you're teaching your kids, they're going to find the most quiet moment in church when like, you know, moment of silence, they'll say my penis hurts. I don't know. I've shared this before (laughs) because my dad and mom taught me these correct terms. Uh And I was three years old and we went to a museum actually in San Diego in Balboa Park. We walked into the room with all the apes and I said very loudly, daddy, look at all those penises. (laughs) And my dad has told that story. To everyone. So you know what? Glorious. Teaching the correct vocabulary, you're going to have stories for ages. I know, right? Endless, endless hours of conversational fun. Yes. My dad actually told the story to my kids, too. So my kids bring that up to me. Yeah. (laughs) Well. Yeah. 
So again, like our main point of this to kind of to recap for you guys is that kids are going to typically start asking about this once they start getting around other kids. Mm-hmm. That That's when you got to start prepping for it because it's going to come. Yeah. Be open. Mm-hmm. Be, be open honest. about it. Be honest. Don't show fear. <laughs> and if you do show fear, you could be like, because there are times when the questions were asked at very inopportune moments. So don't think you have to answer them right away. Yeah. Like, I mean, we walked into a fries into the grocery store. And that's when my son's like, when do babies cup rub? And I'm like, let's hold that thought. And let's talk about it when we're outside of the grocery store. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and it's okay to say like, because it's just not a conversation that I want to have while I'm trying to do shopping. I want to be able to give you my full attention. Yep, exactly. Um, You can say that it's a conversation you'd rather have in private. And that's mm-hmm. fine too, because there are such things as boundaries. Mm-hmm. Some things are considered impolite in certain families. And I say that very, very loosely people. You do what, you, what works you for do your you. family. <laughs> yes. You do what works for your family. And if your family decides that's not an outside of the house conversation then you just tell your kid this is something we talk about but not outside the house i yeah. mean if, if I that's know. what works like, for you i would feel i feel there's some shame in that saying that it's like not a public thing i don't know if i would go that way but that's just me and my very like sensitivity to to shame i would say like maybe like in the car <laughs> yeah okay or, well in the car yes or okay. in the car yeah okay yeah i guess outside the house is a little bit like yeah like confining when i say it that way i guess i just mean it as I wouldn't want my kid, if it makes me uncomfortable, I don't want to be uncomfortable when I'm in the middle of something else. Like, don't ask me when I'm in line at the at the post office. Oh, I'm yeah. I'm happy to talk to you about it at certain places, but it's not here. Yeah. So every time you ask me at the post office, I'm going to say, no, we're not going to chat about this right now. Yeah, that's, <laughs> it's like, I don't, I don't want to have this conversation right now around other people like listening in. Right. I, I want to make give sure you, you have my full attention. That's what I think is, yes. that's your out people. You have your full you attention. Want, you want my full attention. So yes. that's something, be honest with the mm-hmm. terms. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's something that we have heard too when we were talking with Brittany. Mm-hmm. You need to just be honest. And you know what? Another great thing too that you'll hear when you have that episode that I, I've taken and it's in my bank, so I'm going to say it anyways right now. It's okay to say, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know that answer, but let's look it up. Yeah. So that your kids know that you don't go down to the other kid at the end of the street who is getting his information from his older brother or older Who's sister. totally wrong. Right. Who has no idea what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. Goodness gracious. Yeah. The things. Yeah. The things. Think back to your own childhood. The stuff that you thought was right that you got wrong. <laughs> oh, Lordy. But look for that episode with Brittany. It is such a good one. And you're going to come away from it with so many great takeaways. And we hope that our experience in this, seeing like we're coming at it from two different perspectives, me who's pretty comfortable about it, Bree who's not so comfortable about it. A little squeamish. We'll see Bree's still a little squeamish. And we still get through it. Yes. And it's okay. Yes. It is okay. So until next time, remember the best mom's a happy mom. Take care of you. We'll talk to you later. Thanks for stopping by. No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids because now that those little ones are here, whew, there is a lot to unpack. I'm Rachel Shepardota, and I am your host for the podcast, No One Told Us, where we tell the truth about parenting and let you in on all the stuff you really should have known about before having kids. I am the founder of Hey Sleepy Baby, but this podcast is so much more than sleep. We'll be diving into all the topics that you really care about and need to know while you do your best job raising those adorable, tidy humans. 
Our goal is to just make you feel less alone and less overwhelmed. There are so many things that no one tells us before becoming a parent, and I think that we should really pull back the curtain on becoming a first-time or second-time mom or dad to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us 